the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of the Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Praise the Lord. Kingdom Adit. Kingdom Adit. Wow, it's wonderful to have you join us for the day four of our Halftime 2020, and I believe that the previous sessions have been a great blessing for you already. The fast is still on. We are continuing. We are waiting on God in fasting and prayer all the way to Sunday. And so I want to encourage you. The Bible said, they that endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Don't give up. Don't waver. Be steadfast in prayer. Be steadfast in the fast. And your reward, the Bible said, he that seeth thee in secret, your father that seeth thee in secret shall reward thee openly. Fasting is a hidden Christian practice. When we are fasting, nobody sees. But God who sees our honesty, our integrity, our motives in fasting, that God rewards us openly. And I have no doubt that these seven days of fasting and prayer will bring open rewards to you in the mighty name of Jesus. And one of such rewards will be total recovery in the name of our Lord Jesus. Bow down your head even as we get into prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for tonight. We give you praise and glory. We give you honor and majesty for all that you've done. Thank you for day one. Thank you for bringing us onto this fourth day. It's not by might, it's not by power, but by your spirit. Tonight also we have come with a hunger for your word. We have come with a thirst in our souls. We pray the Lord you bless us. Minister to us at the point of our need. Holy Spirit, I yield my members to you. And I ask the Lord, you use me as a vessel of honor. Let your word flow unhindered. Let revelation flow in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you for assistance in the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' matchless name. And the saints of God shouted an amen. amen. Alright, so yesterday I started speaking on covenant keys for total recovery. Covenant keys for total recovery. According to Matthew chapter 16 verse 19. He says, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom. I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bound shall be bound. And whatever you lose on earth shall be loose in heaven. So when we have keys, doors open to us automatos. Once keys are in our hands, doors don't resist us. We don't have to pray to open doors. All we need to do is to slot in the right keys. And the closed doors will be open unto us. And in seeking to access total recovery in these times, we need to place our hands on the right covenant keys that are critical for us to experience total recovery. And we realize that in the life of David, David engaged one of such keys. And other people who experience total recovery in scripture, they exercise or engage that key. And we looked at the key of prayer yesterday. We said that the key of prayer must be engaged on two levels. 
by praying for ourselves and by praying for others. So we engage the personal altar of prayer. We said we must engage the key of prayer on a personal level. Again, we must also engage the key of prayer on the intercessory level. And I believe that that teaching was a blessing unto you. Tonight, we want to take a step further and move on. Beyond prayer, the Bible says, after David strengthened himself, he prayed. But after prayer, he went on to do another thing. And that is what we want to look at tonight. Come with me to 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 16, verse 6 to 10. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6 to 10. The New King James Version. Now David was greatly distressed. For the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Verse 7. Then David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring me the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. Verse 8. So David inquired of the Lord. That's what we looked at yesterday. He prayed to the Lord, asking, Shall I pursue this truth and shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake and without fail recover all. That's what David did. Once David prayed and got God's approval, the Bible said David moved or swung into action and began to pursue. But in his pursuit, there were other keys he engaged. I want to look at one of those keys. Go to verse number 9. So David went and the 600 men who were with him and came to the brook Bissau, where those stayed who were left behind. Take note. Where those stayed who were left behind. In David's pursuit, he came to a brook by the name of Bissau. And the Bible says when he got to the brook of Bissau, there were some people who were with him. And David caused such people to stay behind. Now look at verse number 10. But David pursued he and 400 men. For 200 stayed behind. Who were so weary that they could not cross the brook Bissau. The Bible says David came. Initially he began a journey with 400 people towards recovery. David journeyed to the path of total recovery. Or David journeyed to the destination of total recovery. Began with 600 men. But the Bible says along the journey he came to a place and then he had to let 200 out of the 600 stay behind. 200 is a very significant army any day, any time when you are going for battle and you have 200 of your soldiers left behind. That speaks a lot. Tonight, we want to focus on the key of separation. The key of separation. If you are going to pursue, if you are going to overtake, if you are going to recover all, we must engage the key of separation. This was one of the important keys David engaged. He separated the army. 400 went with him. 200 stayed behind. There was a clear separation. David realized that 200 men could not go with him. They had come all the way. They had made halfway the journey. They had come all the way to the brook of Bissau. But beyond the brook of Bissau, he realized that the people could not go beyond that. It's always important to understand that in our walk with God and in our journey in life, there are stages and there are places we get to where certain people who have come with us can no longer go with us. It's important that you appreciate that. If you don't appreciate that there are some people who belong to your past 
and you may be forcing them to belong to your future. I said that total recovery will always be preceded by total separation. Total recovery will always be preceded by total separation. We are told in the book of Proverbs chapter 18 verse 1. He says, through desire, a man having separated himself, seeketh and intermittent with all wisdom. Through desire, a man having separated himself. Separation is not a nice thing. But separation is one of the things God calls us unto. We are told in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 17. He said, wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate. Come out from among them and be ye separate. God calls us to separate ourselves. The scriptures enjoins us to separate ourselves. Jesus calls us to separate ourselves. But this was a vital key David needed to engage. These were not bad soldiers, but they were tired soldiers. These were not sinful soldiers, but they were weary soldiers. And if you are going to confront an enemy, whose strength you don't know, if you are going to confront an enemy that has invaded your camp, taking away your wives and children, you don't want to do that with weary and tired soldiers. So David told them, you have come so far, but this is how far you can go. You may not be able to continue again. Stay behind. We must learn to let certain people stay behind if you must focus and be able to reach our future. Separation is not always easy. Separation can be very painful. Separation can be painful and yet very critical for total recovery. There are some people, we love them. There are some people, we want to hang around them. I remember in the course of the lockdown, while I was praying, God, the Holy Ghost spoke to my heart to let go of certain people. People that I've come to know, people I've come to love. For a long time, the Holy Spirit impressed it upon my heart. It was very difficult, but I had to take that bold decision as a leader and as a pastor to let go. It's always critical. It's always painful to part with people. But listen, if you don't learn to part with certain people, you will not be able to embrace the people God has scheduled for you. You must understand that on the pathway to destiny, on the pathway to fulfilling your destiny in God, God has scheduled different people along the pathway of destiny. There are some people, they will start with you and they will end with you. There are some people, they are only meant to start with you. They are not meant to continue with you. And by the way, if you are married, your wife is not one of such people I'm talking about. When I talk about people you can separate from, your wife or your husband is not one of such people. But there are certain people that are killers. There are people who, if you decide to carry them to the next phase of your life, they will abort your destiny, they may kill your vision. And I pray that the Holy Ghost will guide you and the Holy Ghost will help you and you will you also be bold and courageous enough to learn to part with people when you need to part with them. If you believe what I'm saying, say a better amen. Every time we are called to part with people, it's painful. The Bible says that if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. Jesus was speaking in the book of Luke chapter 14 verse 26. He said, if any man will come after me and hate not his mother and father and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yea, his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Hear me. Until we separate ourselves from the world and its numerous entanglement, we cannot become effective followers of the Lord. If we must become effective followers of Christ, it's important we understand this vital principle of separation. 
You cannot be a Christian and be a, 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 and be a drunkard at the same time. No, you have to separate yourself from alcoholic bottles if you want to follow the Lord. You cannot be a Christian, a believer, a born-again, tongue-talking Christian and be a fornicator at the same time. You have to separate yourself. It's always important. You are supposed to come as you are, but you are not permitted to remain as you are. All of us, as sinful as we were, God called us. But having called us, he has sanctified us, pegged us, and urges us to continue to live a life of sanctification, a life of purity, a life of grace. I pray that the grace of God will come upon you. You may have fallen, but God is still calling on you. Come up, get up on your feet, cleanse yourself, and begin to walk with God again. It's important you understand that we are soldiers in the army of the Lord. And the Bible says in the book of 2 Timothy 2 verse 4, he said, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy 2 chapter 2 verse 3 and 4, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Then he says, He that worrieth, a man that worrieth, does not entangle himself with the affairs of this life. David knew that as far as the next warfare was concerned, these 200 soldiers could not go with him. And you must understand that there are certain people who may not be able to go with you. It is painful, but you must learn to let them go. On the pathway to this total recovery, you must be ready to separate yourself and leave some things behind. Separate yourself, leave some things behind. Leave some people behind if you have to. There are two dangerous things you must learn to separate yourself from on the pathway to total recovery. Two dangerous things. We can find them in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. He said, Wherefore, see we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness. Let us lay aside. Take note. Lay aside. Lay aside. Separate yourself. Lay aside every weight and the sin which doeth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race set before us. God told David, pursue, overtake, and recover all. And in pursuing and running, if we'll be able to run and overtake and subsequently recover, we must identify certain things that are not ad adequate. We cannot be running a hundred meter race. Having a bag of rice at our back is not possible. You have to lay it aside. We have to lay it aside. We have to lay it aside. And the Bible talks about two things here. He said we must lay aside the weight and we must lay aside the sin. Sin is any act of disobedience. Any act of disobedience towards the word of God or act of dishonor to the person and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. When we disrespect the promptings of the Holy Spirit, when we ignore the written word of God, plain revealed knowledge of the word of God, we are walking in sin. Sin is any act that dishonors God and his word. Sin is something that must be laid aside. We cannot be friends with the word and friends with God at the same time. The Bible said, don't you know ye adulterers and fornicators? Don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? We can maintain friendship with God and maintain friendship with the world. 
We can be in bed with the word and be in bed with Christ at the same time. We can only choose one. And having been born again, having been set apart, it's important you understand this principle of separation and consecration. We are separated unto, from the world and we are consecrated unto God. You can't say I'm separated from the world, but I'm not consecrated to something. Every time God talks about separation, he also talks about consecration. When we separate ourselves from the world, we must consecrate ourselves unto God. Two, two main things, dangerous things you must learn to separate yourself from. One is sin, the other is weight. When Samson refused to separate himself from lustful tendencies and desires, you remember where he ended? Sin is a sinker of destiny. Sin is a destroyer of destiny. You will either let go of sin or sin will destroy you. And I pray that sin will not destroy you. Sin will not stop you from recovering the things you must recover. In the mighty name of Jesus. But there are three kinds of weights that I want you to understand. Some of us, what we are dealing with is not sin per se, but they are weights. And I want to touch on three kinds of weight. One is the weight of your past. The weight of your past. If you are going to run the race and pursue until you recover or for the next, sec the next half of the year or for the second half of the year, you need to understand the appropriate way to relate with your past. I know the past five months or six months have been difficult for a number of people. It's been difficult for businesses. It's been difficult for nations. It's been difficult for families. It's been difficult for individuals as well. And it may have been difficult for you as a person. You are watching me understand the past few months, the past six months may have been very difficult. But I want you to understand that it's still in your past. It is in your past. No matter how bad the past has been, it's in the past now. You have the future ahead of you. You have no idea what God has for you in the future. The Bible says, eyes have not seen nor ears have, neither have it entered into the heart of men. The things which God has prepared for them that love him. There are glorious things God has prepared for you ahead in your future. And if you'll be able to enter the future, possess them, and recover all of such, you must learn to let go of the past. And with the past, I'm talking about your good past. I'm talking about your bad past. Let go of them. Apostle Paul had a very positive attitude towards his past. He said, not that I'm already attained, neither was I already perfect. But one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before. I press towards the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You can't keep on pressing if you keep on looking back every moment, every minute. The reason why Lot's wife could not make it was because she was so focused on her past. I pray that the grace to break free from your past will rest upon you. Some of us have been in past relationships. We have been in past business deals. We have started businesses in the past. They failed. And that failure has stuck with you. It is your business that failed. You as a person, is, you are not a failure. Get up, clean your butt, and get on your, on your life with God. God has great and better things in stock for your, for your future. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, receive grace to focus on your future in the name of Jesus. Then the second weight I want us to touch on is the weight of pleasure. The weight of pleasure. The reason why in these times where we are pursuing and we are running and we are seeking to overtake and recover all. Some people may not be able to make it. And they may not be able to make it because they love pleasure. If you are a lover of pleasure, the Bible talks about people who love pleasure. In the book of Proverbs 21, verse 17, he said, He that loveth pleasure shall be a poor man. 
If you are a lover of pleasure, you can't go far in life. You must know the time to have pleasure and the time to be serious with life. There are people who go through life and all they want is pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. They just like to play. They are like babies. Every time is a playing time. No, life cannot be like that. Life is not designed to be all of play and less of work. Life is designed to be more of work and less of play. And I pray that the grace to be disciplined, the grace to be serious with life, that grace will rest upon your life. The Bible said in the last days, men shall be lovers of themselves. They shall be lovers of pleasure. I pray that you will not love pleasure to the detriment of your soul. You won't love pleasure to the detriment of your destiny. You won't love pleasure to the point that your whole future and your life is destroyed. May the Lord give you grace to stay free from pleasure in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. And of course, the last one which I want to spend a little bit of time on is the weight of people. The weight of people. You must understand that people can be a weight sometimes. In David's pursuit of total recovery, he realized that certain people could be a weight. He had an army of 600 men. 200 of them. They were soldiers. They were trained. But for this particular battle, David saw them too tired. He saw them too wearied. That carrying them up with them was going to be an additional burden. David saw them as weight. You must understand that in life there are people who are weight. If they hang around you, they will weigh you down. If they hang around you, if you maintain close relationship with them, they will abort your destiny. And I pray that in this season, having come to the second, the first, having ended the first half of the year with some of such people around you in the second half of the year, I pray that God will give you the boldness, the courage. To break free from them, to dissociate from them, and to focus on unto your future. In the mighty name of Jesus. And the Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 33, he says that be not deceived, evil communication, evil company, corrupt good manners. That's how people can be influential in your life. People are either adding to you or they are subtracting from you. People are either advancing you or sabotaging you. There is nobody in your life who leaves you neutral. If people in your life, they are not adding to you consciously, then I submit to you, they are taking from you subconsciously. And I pray that God will give you the grace to discern the right people from the wrong people in the mighty name of Jesus. And in this session, I want to touch on seven kinds of people who are weight, seven kinds of people who can be considered as weight. Seven kinds of people who can be considered as weight. Seven kinds of people. One is foolish people. Foolish people are weight. The Bible says, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise. A companion of fools shall be destroyed. If you keep close company with fool, a fool, you will be a fool. And not only will you be a fool, but you will end up destroying your destiny. May you not destroy your destiny. In the mighty name of Jesus, one characteristic of a fool is that a fool has no value for God. A fool snuffs and makes mockery at Christians. A fool makes mockery at spiritual things. The Bible said a fool has said in his heart there is no God. A fool plays down on church. A fool insults pastors. A fool insults Christians. A fool is a fool. And I pray that God will give you the grace to be able to identify a fool. Among many characteristics of a fool, a fool is also not open to correction. When you correct a fool, he gets angry. When you, get, you correct a fool, he gets offended. That is a fool. And you must identify them and dissociate from them. So the first 
kinds of kind of people who are can be a weight or an albatross around your neck or around on the pathway to fulfilling your destiny are foolish people and i pray that you will not keep company with foolish people the second group of people who can be a weight in your life are people whom i describe as weightless people who are visionless people who are visionless when a person is without a vision that is a person who is a weight a person without a vision is a person who is a weight the bible says, where there is no people a vision a people perish once a person has no vision he will lead you astray a person without a vision has no meaning for has no desire to pursue they can sleep all day there is nothing that drives them he has no drive he has no he has no desire he has no momentum he's just he's just there that's how a visionless person is those are fun loving people they want to spend their time having fun all the time because they are they have no vision and i pray that if your vision is lost that's why i talked about vision recovery and it's one of those prayers i'm praying for you if you lost your vision because of the events of the last six months I pray that God will restore that vision unto you. Because when you lose your vision, your life is coming to a halt. May the Lord help you find your vision again. So don't associate with visionless people. A person who has no vision, he has failed his exams two or three years ago, has not made any attempt to reset and pass. That's a visionless person. Somebody has finished school, and for three years, he has not found something to do. And every time you ask him, there are no jobs, there are no jobs. That's a visionless person. Stay away from such people. And then, of course, number three are dream killers. There are people who are dream killers. You remember the brothers of Joseph? He said, they told Joseph, he said, come, let us kill him, and we shall see what shall become of his dreams. They wanted to kill Joseph. And the reason why they were killing him was because they wanted to kill his dreams. What they didn't know is that you could kill a dreamer, but the vision of that dreamer or the dream will always live on. A good dream can never be killed. The vision they wanted to kill, the dream they wanted to abort, was a dream that eventually saved and spared their lives. It's important you understand and identify such people. There are people who are dream killers. Every time you share your vision with them, they have no, no positive thing to say. They don't say anything positive. Sometimes they have no comment. No. You don't need such people in your lives. Those, sometimes those without comment are better than those with foolish comments. But it's important when you share a dream that God has placed in your heart, a burning desire in your heart with a friend, with a brother, you expect them to encourage you and tell you, brother, it's possible. You can make it. You can become that business guru. You can expand your business. You can grow in wealth. You can become a great man in society. You can pursue a third degree. You can pursue a second degree. I am with you, brother. Go for it. If that person is not that kind of person in your life, you don't need him. He's a dream killer. He may be nursing envy and jealousy in his heart against you unknowingly. That's a dream killer. That's a dream abortionist. And you need to stay away from such people. Of course, number four are lazy people. There are people, they are just lazy. They are just lazy. And those are one of those group of people Apostle Paul instructed the church of Thessalonica. He said, if there is any brother who was disorderly, and by disorderly, he was talking about lazy people. They are always begging people for one Ghana, 50 Ghana, 20 Ghana, 10 Ghana. Instead of working with their hands and getting something to eat, 
Watch out for people who are always asking you for 10 cities. Asking for 50 cities. Oh, can you momo me? Can you send me this? These are lazy folks who don't want to work. Because we work so we have something to give. We work so we can meet our own needs. Find something to do. There are some jobs you want, you are not finding. But your hands can find something. Let your hand find something productive. Let your hand find something profitable and begin to do it. And cease from begging. Begging, there is no dignity in begging. The Bible says that I have been young, now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. It is an unrighteous act for you as a child of God to be begging. You shall not beg in Jesus' name. Find something to do and get busy with your hands. And of course, number five are sinful people. Sinful and unrepentant Christians. Now take note of what I'm saying. Sinful and unrepentant Christians. If you want to recover your spiritual strength and vitality, be careful of setting as be careful of closely associating with certain group of Christians. There are some Christians they love to sin. They are carnal Christians who love to sin, who don't want to repent. The Bible gives us an instruction about them in First Corinthians chapter six, verse nine to eleven. He said, "When I wrote to you before." I told you not to associate with people who indulge in sexual sin. But I was not talking about, verse 10, I was not talking about unbelievers who indulge in sexual sin or are greedy or cheat people or worship idols. You would have to leave this world to avoid people like that. I meant that you are not to associate, take note, verse 11, I meant that you are not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer. 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 Yet indulges in sexual sin or is greedy or worships idols or is abusive or is a drunkard or cheats people. Don't even eat with such people. Don't eat with such people. Don't eat with such people. These are not unbelievers. We are talking about Christians who are sinning and they are refusing to repent. There are some Christians. I mean, when a brother falls into temptation, a sister falls into temptation, we have a responsibility to love them and restore them. But there are some people, every time you restore them, they go back. Every time you restore them, they go back. Every time you restore them, they go back. Listen, these are not people who want to repent. They are enjoying a life of sin. And the Bible says, if you want to experience recovery, dissociate from such people. I pray that God will give you the boldness and the courage to dissociate from such people. Number six, bitter and unforgiving people. Bitter and unforgiving people. The Bible talks about offenses in the book of Matthew 18. The reality of offenses is clear. In the book of Matthew chapter 18 verse 1, the Bible says offenses will come. But when offenses come, we are not supposed to accommodate them. But sometimes, many a time, you find people who have been offended and, 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 and they have become bitter. They have graduated from offense into bitterness. They are unforgiving. No matter what you do, they will not let go. They have become bitter people, unforgiving people. Listen, if you hang around them, they will destroy your destiny. Let me tell you, you can never become a better person closely associating with unforgiving and bitter people. When you associate with bitter people, you become bitter for no reason. 
Sometimes there is no legitimate reason for you to be bitter. But just because you are associating with a bitter person, by, by reason of diffusion and osmosis, you become bitter. May the Lord save you and deliver you from bitter people. You can never become a better person associating with a bitter or unforgiving person. Never forget that. Number six. Number six. Number seven, sorry. Number seven has to do with people who cause strife, division, and offenses. There are people, all the, the, the thing they like is when there is confusion between people. They cannot stand people flowing and having a harmonious relationship and loving one another. They don't like it. When they come into an atmosphere, they come into a group, they want to scatter. They want to create confusion. They join the crowd, they want to create confusion. They become a, a, a leader in the church, they want to create confusion. They join the ashes, they want to create confusion. There are people like that. And the Bible says we should separate ourselves from them. We should dissociate from such people. Romans chapter 16 verse 17. He said, now I urge you, brethren, not those who cause division and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which you have learned, and avoid them. These are Christians, but he says avoid them. People who create confusion, people who create division, people who like to sow seeds of discord. They will go and gossip about this person, and they will come and gossip to you about other people. Watch out for gossips. Watch out for people who are tear-bearers. Watch out for people who always have negative things to say about people. Avoid such people. If you want to pursue your vision, pursue your goals, and then overtake and recover all. I pray that the grace of God will rest upon you, that you will be empowered with grace and with boldness and with courage. Listen, when it comes to separating yourself from people, what you need is courage. What you need is boldness. Sometimes it's painful, but you need to endure the pain. You need to be courageous, bold, and say, listen, enough is enough. May the Lord give you that courage. May the Lord give you that boldness. May the Lord give you what it takes to part company with the people you must part company with. Because you have no idea the great and mighty and wise people God has lined up for you. I have no doubt. And tomorrow we will see how the moment David parted company with these ones, he met the guy he needed to meet. Until you part company with certain people, the people who know where your goose are, you will never meet them. The moment David parted company with these 200 people, on their way, he met the person whom he needed in order to get to the place of his recovery. As you part company boldly with such people, I see God ordering your steps. I see God bringing your way the right people, the right kind of people designed to take you to your place of recovery. So it shall be in your life. Bow down your heads and let's pray. Pray and ask God for courage and boldness. To say no to the people you must say no to. The people whom you must say no to. Receive grace and boldness to say no to them. They may be your classmates. You may have grown up with them. Some of them were your classmates in the university. Some of them may even be your household neighbors. You need to part company with them. You don't have to hate them. Walk in love towards them. But don't be closely associated with them. Because that can abort your destiny. That can stop you from recovering the things you need to recover. Pray and ask God. Sometimes you also need to discern the people around you. You may not know, but pray and say, Lord, show me anyone who is around me and is a weight. Anyone who is a weight around me and I don't know, show me. Open my eyes to see. Can somebody open his mouth and begin to speak to God? Speak to God. 
Paligrede ke sobrende bele 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 beanda la bagosanda. Radeke lele boko zanda la bakanta sa. Magende boko shada baliga soge lebrande baluzanta. Ingo shagala la bakata sa. Bredeke lele boko sanda la bahanta sa. Fradeke loko zinda la bandeka zubrande badasata. Ingo lele boko shagala la bakata sa. Brendeke liuba anda. Megende boko ziga brande batasa. Iko shagada da bahande sa. Repanto kalibra ande ke lebo zanda ba. In Jesus precious name. Father, we thank you, we honor you today, we bless you, and we give you praise. Thank you for showing us those we need to let go. Thank you for helping us to lay aside the weight. Thank you, Spirit of God, for your help and your mercy. In Jesus' matchless name, and the saints of God typed an amen or shouted an amen, you are blessed. Maybe you listen to the broadcast, you are not born again. You are not born again. And because Satan has blinded your eyes, you are walking in folly. In the book of Ephesians, we are told that those who are not saved, they walk in folly or foolishness. Why? Because they are blind. You are not intentionally walking in foolishness. Satan has blinded you, so you are walking in foolishness. That's why you can say there is no God. But today, you have realized that there is God. There is God. When you wake up every morning and there is life flowing through you, blood flowing through you, you are breathing. You must understand that there is a God who sustains your breath, gives you life. You want to pray this moment if you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity. I confess that I'm a sinner. And much more, I confess you as my Savior. I believe in my heart you died for me and rose again for my redemption. Thank you for saving me and making me your own. I confess by faith I'm a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. If you pray that prayer in faith, I want you to be convinced in your heart without any element of feeling. This is a faith move. It's not a feeling move. You may not feel saved, but by faith you are saved. And you want to appropriate, begin to walk in the newness of life. We want to help you to be able to walk in the new life and become all God will have you become. Send us a mail, send us a WhatsApp on the contact you see on the screen and we'll reach out to you and help you to walk with God. God richly bless you for being part of a broadcast today. Pastor Afraqua has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages, as well as books by Pastor Afwakwa, please call 0540-122-670 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afwakwa on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also visit our website, www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information. Fellowship with us. This and every Sunday for our celebration services. 7 a.m. first service, 8.30 a.m. second service, and 10 a.m. our third service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service at 6 p.m. at our church auditorium on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santa Runabout, Kumasi. God richly bless you.